You're listening to Plug In to Health with Prevea Health, exploring healthcare topics that matter to you, the latest developments in health and medicine, and the inspiring stories that emerge from Prevea Health, our partners, and the communities we serve. Welcome. I'm your host, Angela Dea. The purpose of this episode is to help us all navigate some of the many emotions that we may be feeling as a result of the novel coronavirus pandemic. Some of you may be feeling scared, anxious, frustrated. You may be wondering, how do I talk to my kids about this? How can I help myself through this or help a loved one who may be feeling anxious? There's a lot many of us are feeling right now. And to help us navigate some of this, we've invited Lisa Tutsky, a licensed marriage and family therapist at Purveya Health, to join us for this episode. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Help us put into words why this is such an anxious time for everyone. We have entered a, a world that we don't know. These are unprecedented times. So If you think about what life used to look like for people, we all had a routine, structure, our day-to-day movements, all of that has been halted. This idea and concept of social distancing changes literally how we do everything. Uh, Our kids no longer follow their same routine. They're not getting on the bus, getting dropped off at school, spending the day at school with their friends, doing their sports and activities afterwards. We as parents and as families are no longer moving through our day as freely, going to work, running to grab something to eat for lunch, picking up dinner, taking the family out to dinner. There's so many things that have changed. Uh, Even a simple trip to get milk or groceries or supplies has become something that's harder. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of anxiety because the world that we knew no longer exists. Everything is different and changed. And we haven't yet figured out how to make it work because we are all still finding our footing in that. How do we talk to our children about this? So the first thing is to acknowledge that this is strange. Our kids know that this is weird. This doesn't make sense to them. Why can't I go to school? Why can't I play with my friends in the neighborhood? Why can't I go to soccer practice? So we need to be honest with them about the fact that, yes, this is really strange. This is something very different. And be honest with them about the fact that we've never done anything like this either. And then talk to them about the whys, that there is a, a virus that's spreading. We want to try to keep as few people from getting sick as possible. And so that's why we're doing these things. We don't want to give them too much information to scare them, but we also want to give them enough information that they feel like we are telling them something, we're not keeping something from them. And some of it varies by age. You know, for younger children, who are used to, uh, you know, being at home or being in a daycare setting, what they need to know might be different than what your grade school, middle school population needs to know. You know, and then your teenage population, they get to know something different. If we look at what kids' lives are like, you know, that kind of under five-year-old, they largely do what their parents tell them to do anyways, right? Their life is pretty structured and pretty routine. As you get a little bit older, you're off at school all day, you're moving throughout the day with friends, you know, with teachers, activities. Those are the things that people will miss. So I think that grade school and on up um, group of kids is going to struggle 
a lot with this adjustment because their normal day is disrupted. Younger kids are going to struggle if we as parents struggle. So our kids are really perceptive, and they know exactly how we feel, that something isn't right, that we're struggling. And they may not have the words to put to that, but they can recognize that there's something going on, and then that makes them more anxious. So, you know, it's important for us as parents to talk to them about it, to let them know that we don't know how this is all going to work either, but that we're in charge, we're the bosses, we'll make sure it's okay. You know, with with grade school kids, high school kids, it's saying, this is what we're going to do. As a family, these are the decisions that we're making around social distancing, um, trips to the store, eating out, whatever those decisions are, that those are not decisions that kids get to make. Teenagers, they want to hang out with their friends. This is going to be huge for them to miss out on that. You know, our middle school, grade school kids who have, have friends in school, activities outside of school, they are going to miss those things. Our job as parents is to say, we are here to keep you safe. And this is how I'm going to do that. Because if we can tell kids, I'm going to keep you safe, this is the plan, oftentimes they feel better. We're not asking them to fix this. We have to do it ourselves. How important is it that just in the first place as adults, as parents, that we're making ourselves available to listen and talk, maybe even being proactive versus reactive? Yeah, yeah, I think it's important that we are not completely lost in our own anxiety about this. As adults, of course, we are anxious about this too. None of us have ever lived through something like this. We have had a lot of other life events, major things that have occurred in our country and in our world that have affected us. Now, this is really the first time that we've experienced anything that has really disrupted how we live our lives, limited how we live our lives. Um, And so I think that as parents, we need to be mindful of how we feel about that. And we need to be present to talk to our kids about that we can recognize that they're struggling, right? That you might have a child who doesn't know how to tell you that they miss their teacher. They don't know how to tell you that they just want to go run around and play soccer. They, They don't know how to tell you that. They may not even know what's wrong. So we need to be paying attention and we need to be present as much as we can. I think the struggle is, is that we also are struggling. So it's making sure that we're taking care of our kids, but we're also taking care of ourselves. What about how much information there is out there? I think right now we may be in a time of information overload. Um, You know, children who now have access to social media and who can look up, you know, various sites for information, how important is it that we're monitoring that aspect of things? I think it's really important that we're monitoring that, and I think it's really important that we're helping to teach our children what is accurate news information. Right, that just because they read something or hear something doesn't make it true. Older kids and adolescents, they are going to be exposed to more of that than our younger children. So our younger children are going to hear about it. They may hear us talking about it. They may you know, come across information if they hear it on the news, if they hear their parents talking about it, if they have friends um, you know, that maybe were exposed to it, if they are still in contact with some of their peers. Now that, they might hear about it that way. We need to make sure, though, that we're teaching our kids what's a credible news source. And we're also teaching them some limits around how much they consume. You know, our older children, technology has its benefits. And this is a time when technology is going to be hugely helpful for children and adolescents. They're going to get to learn online. 
They're going to get to be connected with their friends and their teachers still. Um, but with that also comes the fact that they're then connected to all of the news articles and all sorts of things, many of which may not be accurate. And as parents, we need to make sure that we are reading what they're reading, that we're giving them accurate information, and even maybe saying, here's a website you should look at, or I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the news, or I'm going to sit down and I'm going to look at you know, this news article. Hey, I read this news article. Would you like to take a look at it? I think this is a really good one for you to read. With our older kids, we can share that stuff with them so that they're getting accurate information. And also making sure that we tell them, if you have questions, come talk to me. Because I may have the answer, I may not, but if there's something that you're wondering about or you're worried about, you heard from somebody, you saw somewhere, you read somewhere, let's talk about that so we make sure that you're not worrying about something you don't need to be worried about. What about those of us adults who maybe are overloading ourselves on this information? Maybe you you have the news on in the background, you're constantly scrolling the social media sites. Um, can that take a toll on our mental health, particularly while we are practicing social distancing and isolation? Absolutely. Um, I think we, we, as much as kids, and probably even more so, we want to know what's going to happen. Our entire routine has been upended as well. Parents now have kids home with them that they didn't have home with them. Some are working from home. Some aren't working. I mean, there's so many new stressors. And so I think when things like this happen, we try to gather information to quiet ourselves. We try to gather information that the more you know, maybe the better you're going to feel. But actually, there's just sort of this tipping point where if you know too much, really the worse off you are. We want answers to things like, how long is this going to last? What will it be like if I get sick? What will happen if my family gets sick? What, all these what-ifs that the information that we are getting isn't going to answer. Nobody has answers to that. So I encourage people to watch the news, check in with the news, plan a time each day, maybe once in the morning and once at night, maybe once in the morning, check in in the afternoon and again at night, just to stay up to date on if there's been something new that's come out. But we don't need to listen to this on repeat because there's not any new information. All that we're hearing over and over and over again is creating anxiety and panic because it's all of these things, these statistics, and if this happens, then this might happen, then we need to cut back on that and really focus on what can we control, which is the the home environment that we live in. How do you respond to, I'm scared? My answer to that is, of course you are. We all are. It's okay to be scared. Fear is normal. And to be anxious and afraid and uncertain right now is is perfectly normal. I think that that is a very normal response and reaction to a world that feels very crazy and chaotic. So when we lose what our normal is, we all struggle. So validating that is really important. And then I think once we validated that, we want to say, okay, well, now what am I going to do about it, right? Because I don't know when this will end. I don't know what this will look like. So what can I control and what can't I control? And that people then figure out what would be my new routine? What is my new norm, right? That what normal was no longer exists. And we have to build a new normal. 
hopefully that's a temporary normal. Like that's the hope is that this is a temporary normal. But we have to build some kind of normal so that we can get through however long this stretch is. What, if any good, can we glean from this? You know, I think that this is an amazing opportunity for people to connect again. I think that it is an opportunity to slow down. Um, in the kids that I do counseling with and the kids that I know, well, they're under a lot of pressure. The school is a lot of work for them. There's a lot of expectations. We've now taken an entire school day and condensed it into one, two, three hours of work online, depending on the grade. And I think that that slowing down for kids is good. It gives them more time to play. Um, and you know, the reality is we know kids will be on electronics. That's fine, right? So we, we, there's a benefit to this. The electronic piece of it, technology, the, let's use that to our advantage. But the other part of it is to go back to what a lot of us did growing up, which is to just play. Let's have time where we can be creative. Let's have time where we're outside. Let's have family time. Let's do things together. And that some of the things that we just don't have time for, we now have time for. So how do we make that a family activity or a learning activity? You know, that let's, let's cook together. Many of us don't have time to really make a meal at the end of the day. Well, now we might have time. There's a lot of lessons to be had in learning how to cook. That time of connection, I think, is really important. Um, so for people to be able to be connected, to spend time building that relationship is really important. It makes me wonder how much more often we may now be making phone calls instead of sending text messages or a message over social media. I think we're so quick to silence the ringing of the phone and say, oh, I'll answer that via text. I think in some cases people are just going to be craving their, the voices of their, their loved ones and their friends whom they can't see due to social distancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard some really great stories about people uh, bringing in iPads to nursing homes and assisted living facilities so that they can communicate with their elderly family members or ill family members. I think that, that we are more likely, hopefully, to go back to doing more of that face-to-face -face communication, right? That, that, that this time to slow down does allow us an opportunity to connect. Um, we're, we aren't able to be pulled in as many directions. There's not as many things demanding our time and our energy and our attention, and so being able to be present with our children, with partners and spouses, anybody who you are sort of socially distancing yourself with, that allows you an opportunity, opportunity to reconnect with them. And I also think it, you know, it offers an opportunity for some creativity. Um, you know, we're going to start taking kids to do things that maybe they've never done before. You know, that it, it's unstructured time. We, there's nothing open, but you can still go out and go for a walk. You can still, you know, go for a hike. You can, you can still go do things, things that maybe some kids, some families have never done. So that there's an opportunity to try some different things, that we will be forced to be a little more creative, which really might turn out to be kind of fun. I want to go back to something that you were saying earlier. Um, you brought up a great point that children, um, even very young children, are very perceptive about the way that we talk. Um, it, it made me reflect as you were saying it, 
You know, just last night at the dinner table, um, myself, my husband, and our four-year-old daughter. So it's just us three. And it's easy for me to just talk to my husband about, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously working for a healthcare organization, so I'm very up-to-date about what's happening. And it's easy for me to just, you know, talk and say, oh, did you hear about this or that? But I think we need to be more cognizant that our little ones are listening and they may feed off of that energy. Yeah, all of our kids are listening. Little kids, you know, our, our little ones, but also our grade schoolers on up into high school and even college. This is this is scary for them. And no matter what age you are, you still kind of rely on your parents. You need your parents, right, or, or, or the adults that you live with. So for us as adults to try to keep some level of calm, to try to decrease the anxiety, to not share information that's maybe just too much for them, that there is a time and a place for that. It's a little harder because we are all together now. So there's more together time. There may have to be some discussions that happen separately away from child's ears. But, you know, I think all of our kids need us to not completely come home or sit down at the table or and, and, and listen to us repeat everything that we heard today because a lot of what we heard may not be true either and we don't want to share those things with them we don't want to increase their worry we're we're monitoring their intake of media and news we also need to make sure that we are not spewing out what we've heard and 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 making it worse and how important is it to to you know teach them to look for the good you know as Mr. Rogers always said, look for the helpers. Yeah, I, I think about my grandparents when I think about that question because uh, they were married on December 6th, and on December 7th, they woke up and Pearl Harbor had been bombed. And my grandfather went off to war within a matter of weeks. They didn't have a choice, but they had a beautiful relationship. He actually carried with him a silver dollar that she gave him. Uh, that has been worn down. It is probably the 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 thickness of a piece of paper um, by the time he passed away. You know that that these these are things that, while it is really hard, we get an opportunity to create something different. We get an opportunity to remember what it means to be a good human what it means to be a good person, what it means to support people. You know, when you know that your neighbor needs something, you could drop it off on their porch. When you know that um, you, know, you have children at a school who maybe aren't going to have enough food for the weekend. There's so many stories of ways in which the community has banded together to take care of people, offering lunches for children, breakfast and lunch for kids through the schools. Um, doing food drives, donating to pantries, restaurants that are closing, donating their supplies to pantries. There's just so many things, and I think we want to make sure to point that out to our children um, and, and to ourselves, honestly, because when we move at that really fast pace, we often don't know and, and see all of the kind gestures that go on around us, all of those acts of giving. Um, and so there's going to be so many little acts of giving, and it's a great opportunity to pay attention to those. You also talk about how important it is to allow ourselves some grace during a time like this. Yes, grace 
and the ability to be far from perfect. I think we all live in this world where there's a lot of pressure. When I talk about the pressure that kids are under at school, adults are under the same pressure at work and in their own personal life. It is a a constant movement sort of thing. If we look at what a typical day looks like for a family, it is constantly moving, constantly running from event, activity. This is a chance to slow down. But we're also going to be asked to do things that we don't know how to do. I was not an education major in college for a reason. So my ability to teach my children, probably not the best. So I have to accept that it's going to have to be good enough. There's room for us as adults to, to allow ourselves to be less than perfect, to do the best that we can and to not beat ourselves up if a day is less than good or if there's something that we're not as good at as we you know, work through and tackle this. People who are really extroverted, this might be hard for them. And so they're gonna have to find ways to get that social connection. It might not be exactly what they want, but can it be good enough? Uh, our kids, teaching them, making sure that they have playtime, you know, outside time, creative time, all of that is going to be an, an ebb and a flow. Attending to your own work obligations from home as you try to manage your kids, that's an ebb and a flow too. In, and even for people that you know, have found themselves to be out of work, how scary that is. It is okay for everything to be less than perfect. The goal is just that we want to create a new normal and survive through this because it's not going to last forever. Lisa, I can't express enough um, how wonderful your insight has been on this. Is there anything else you want to add or discuss on this? You know, the only thing that I would add is uh, it's, to me, so vitally important for people to talk about how they feel. Um, That we don't want to just be talking about what did we hear. We want to talk about how we feel about it. Because if we can give voice to that, often we think we are the only one struggling with something. Or we think that there's only, you know, we're the, this is only hard for us. Everybody else seems to be doing it just fine. And we want to make sure that we are talking with other people about what is hard for us, how hard this is with our own children, with other adults. Um, you know, the first day of of homeschooling at my house, my seven-year-old called 911 from his sister's cell phone oh at 7.15 in the morning. And I was happy to share that with my friends for a good laugh. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was this beautiful sharing of all of the other failures that everybody <laughs> had had. It is okay to talk about how we feel, what's not going well, what's hard, and to be honest about that. If we start to share that, you will find you're not alone. And I think even if you're not expecting a response from the other person or even anticipating that they're going to help you. Sometimes it just feels good to say it out loud. Absolutely, which is why I think we also want to make sure that we are present for our kids so that they can tell us. We might not be able to fix it. I can't make school open so that my very social extroverted daughter who loves school can go back to school. I can't fix that. But I can listen to her, and I can be there, and I can give her a hug and tell her that I love her, and that, that those are those opportunities for connection that are really important. Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. 
For more information about the novel coronavirus or COVID-19, please visit Provea.com. You've been listening to Plug Into Health with Provea Health. To learn more and to submit ideas for future shows, please visit Provea.com slash podcast. And please remember, the information provided in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to replace interactions with your healthcare professional. And if you are concerned about your healthcare, you should consult with your healthcare professional. You can learn more about Prevea Health at Prevea.com. Thank you for choosing to plug into health with Prevea Health.